0: Welcome back to episode one of season five of the What You Will Learn podcast. We've got a great bunch of books coming up at you in this uh, as we call juggernaut month and we're kicking it off today with The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Maria Kondo.
1: And this episode is sponsored by Blinkist and you can find The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Maria Kondo also with all the other best non-fiction books of all time.
0: So Blinkist packages up the key takeaways from some of the most popular books out there and gives you in 15 minutes or less a written or audio summary. Jones, man, you you called this about six weeks ago that The Life-Changing Magic is uh, one of your top five books of all time and I think if you plucked out a Blinkist summary and took these 15 minutes of learnings and applied this to your life, it could seriously, as she says, it's a life-changing magic.
1: So I use it as part of my book selection process. I've got Blinkist open in one to go a little bit deeper. And then on my other tab, I'll have Goodreads to check out the social proof of it. And then I'll pull the trigger and buy it based on using these two platforms. And obviously, the book selection process helps make sure you're investing in the right books, being time and money.
0: Listeners of the What You Will Learn podcast can grab a free seven-day trial of Blinkist if you head to Blinkist.com slash whatyouwilllearn. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, dot com slash whatyouwilllearn for your free seven-day trial. Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones.
1: Today, we're taking you through the best bits of the life-changing magic of tidying up by Marie Kondo, the Japanese art of decluttering and organizing.
0: Have you ever tidied madly only to find all too soon that your home or workspace is cluttered again? I'm pretty sure most people would answer yes to that. In this book, Marie has summed up, how to put your space in order in a way that will change your life forever.
1: It's a very big call, isn't it?
0: (laughs) It's a big claim. You might say that that's impossible to, you know, how could tidying have such a big impact? But if you follow the KonMari method, you'll never clutter again. It's one very simple secret. Start by discarding, then organize your space thoroughly, completely in one go. That's it. Life changed.
1: And... Mate, I'll be the first one for more hand up and back her on this claim that can transform your life and that's exactly what's happened to me. I used to be someone who was clutter everywhere, there was just shit lying around and I didn't even know it was messy until after reading this book <laughs> and then I have followed this step by step by step and that was six or seven weeks ago mm. now, right, since reading this book yep. and maybe you just mentioned about the, the difference.
0: Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible, I must admit. Walking in the first time you read it, you told me you were doing the full Spark Joy method, threw everything on the floor, was feeling things, doing like Simba and the Lion King, holding stuff up to see if you could feel any joy from something. And how much shit did you chuck out?
1: Uh, there was, yeah, 40 garbage bags, got the you know Uber driver around and everything is clean. And I think it does transform your life when you don't have that stuff lying around, everything just clean constantly. It makes a big difference. Mate, I'll put this in the category of the Alan Carr books, easy way to stop smoking, easy way to control your alcohol. After this one book, it actually transforms your brain in many ways and for the rest of your life, you move into a new identity as someone who used to be an untidy person and you move into the identity Mm. of a tidy person and you bloody enjoy it and your life is much better for doing so.
0: If you're saying, you know, how can tidying transform your life? If you think tidying means taking one thing each day and throwing it out so you throw away 365 things a year or if you think, oh, I'll tidy one room at a time little by little until it's all finished, then yes, uh, you're right. That's not going to have much impact at all. But if you follow this method where you're going all, doing the, the whole shebang in one bit, throwing out 40 garbage bags of stuff, completely changing the way you see yourself, the way you categorize your house, she's saying that can change your life and she even said that some people have written to her and said that they launched a new business that they've been dreaming of since they were a child or they said it, it taught me to see things that i really do need and i really don't need one of those things that i don't need was my husband and i got a divorce mm-hmm. so there's a uh, yeah. one said you know i've finally succeeded i've lost that last 10 kilos that i could never get off um, so there's been some big changes people have said just from tidying their house that it led to all these flow and effects
1: So the act of tidying, when you think about it, it's super, super, super simple. It's basically just moving items around from one spot to the other. But at the same time, most people just can't do it properly, right? Mm. If you go, they they were like I used to be and have a lot of crap lying around. And even after tidying, things are just still a bit of a disorganized mess. You throw throw your t-shirt back in the drawer or you just throw things back in the cupboard without any organization in there. So if you've got a pretty basic method to do the tidying, it makes all the difference. And she says it as a professional. She knows that nobody can do this work for you. If it comes down to you. You've got to do all the work.
0: That's it. You can't just pay Murray Air to come into your house and clean for you, or you can't just find someone on on Airtasker to come in and chuck out all your stuff. It doesn't. That's not the point. It's like you don't go to a personal trainer can't make you lose weight. The accountant can't make you get out of debt. The business coach doesn't grow your business to a million dollars. Same as the cleaning person can't come in and clean your house and put your whole life in order. It's something that you have to do yourself.
1: So, I think a lot of people listening right now might be a bit skeptical that this may or may not change their lives but what we ask is just have an open mind throughout this episode, hear everything and see what you think by the end of it and because if you get to the point where you actually put your house in order after listening to just this episode, we're very confident that your life is going to change dramatically.
0: Think back to your early childhood. Most people were probably scolded for not tidying their rooms. Your mum and dad walked in and said, why are the toys all over the floor? Why are your clothes stuck stuck in that pile over there? They uh, might have scolded us, but really, we were never really taught how to tidy. We were only punished when we didn't tidy, but we were never shown what's the way to tidy.
1: And Meredy, yeah, she's, you know, this is her expertise. She's a consultant in this field. So, she's dealing with people of all kinds of age brackets and she says that people in their 50s and 60s, they're just as crap or just Mm. as good as the people who are, you know, in their teens and their 20s. So, it's something that with experience and age, you actually don't even get better either. So, if you've never actually been taught how to tidy properly, don't get discouraged and now is the time to learn finally. So, by studying and applying the KonMari method presented uh, in this episode, you can really escape this vicious cycle of just clutter and, and leaving stuff all around everywhere.
0: The KonMari method is to go on a tidying marathon because that does not cause a rebound. Often people will say, you know, I I see my house is a mess, I tidy it up, but as (laughs) as soon as I'm finished cleaning, it's not long until my whole place is a mess again. And that's really that rebound where you think it's futile, you think it's pointless. Every time you tidy, it just becomes messy within a, a couple of days or a couple of weeks. So what's the point in tidying? This is a completely revolutionary different approach. So you do your whole house once and don't rebound.
1: Rebound occurs because people mistakenly believe that they've tidied thoroughly when in fact you've just moved things around and just kind of plonked them in the wardrobe and you've, you've sorted and sorted things only to the halfway point. So, every time you're using the KonMari method, you're going to the extreme and you're actually reaching perfection in your house and when you get that feeling of perfection, it's hard to rebound from there.
0: The approach of little by little is an approach that will take forever. You know, if you've got the idea that I'll throw one item out each day and I'll be able to throw out hundreds of items over the span of a year, uh, it sounds good in theory, but in practice, uh, it's pretty useless. Firstly, you're going to forget to do it because, you know, throwing out one thing... There are no visible results. If you throw one thing out, nothing's really changed and you'll, you'll very quickly lose motivation and give up. And the other part is just you know, throwing one thing out is not enough. As you say, you're only sorting halfway. You need to get to the point where it's perfect, where it's done, where it's finished, you know where everything goes. That way, there's no chance of rebounding.
1: So there's two different kinds of work when we're reaching this point of perfection. The first thing you need to do is decide whether or not to dispose of something. I think this is what a lot of people don't do. If there's something you pick up and it's just something you haven't used in six months, you probably just find a way to just put it somewhere Mm. in your storage closet and in the back somewhere. But with this method, you're actually deciding, all right, am I actually using this thing? Mm. If not, you get rid of it. And the second thing is if you're going to keep it, you need to decide where to put it. So have one exact location for it. And if you do these two things, you can achieve perfection in your house. And in this method, you're going through every single item in your house one by one and you're doing this. You're picking it up, you're deciding whether or not to keep it. If not, you throw it out and that's where your 40 or 50 garbage bags will come from because you find out you've got so much accumulated stuff you don't need. And then if you are keeping it, you're deciding where to put it. So at the very end, you've gone through every single item you've ever owned and every single item is going to have a home.
0: If you call yourself a storage expert, if you think you're really good at finding little nooks and crannies where you can hide different things and you can perfectly fit the, the exact amount of things in a tiny little space, really that's just hoarding. She says that that's just, that's just a different word for hoarding. It's actually a booby trap to think that to get better at tidying means to get better at storage and finding little nooks and crannies to hide stuff. Really, the, the best type of tidying is, as you said, deciding what things to keep what things to get rid of and making sure that each and everything has a place where it lives and that's where it stays forever. You know exactly where it should go.
1: Okay. So, as we mentioned in the intro, this is going to be a special event. You're not going to do bit by bit and room by room over this next space of six months. You're going to do it all in one hit, one huge special event where you go through every single item that you've got in your house and that way you can reach perfection if you're looking at tidying as like an endless chore that needs to be done every day, you're going to be gravely mistaken. I think this is a really good thing.
0: I think this is a phenomenal, man. If you think that you know, every week you've got to clean your room, that's a real drain. That sucks. Uh, and it almost guarantees that your room is going to get messy. Whereas if you do it once, this one-off special event where you take the time, you do what she calls the tidying marathon, you do it all at once your room is never going to get messy again you can pretty much remove that chore altogether i think it's a good reframe as well from it from viewing something as a chore compared to viewing something as a special event
1: and i think when you hit this special event you really just change your, the story and narrative you have about yourself i used to have this belief that you know i'm just a i'm just a messy bloke mm. i'm not very good at tidying it's just not not worth trying to get this point but when you really hit this point of perfection i think it does change and rewire your brain that hey you know i am a tidy person and there's no way you can actually bounce back because whenever you use an item, you know, this is the item I like and I know exactly where it goes. So, you Mm. put it back. So, there's actually never tidings deleted from your
0: life. (laughs) Exactly. And I also think this marathon is like a good way to do it in that it's a a short-term project. It's a once-off thing and it's very, very super clearly well-defined in that you know exactly what the end point is, you know what the goal should be and uh, you go out there and do it. And once you get to the end, you're done forever.
1: I think for a lot of people, it just sounds quite difficult. But this whole thing, it is such a simple process. And uh, M- Marie, Marie, Marie or Marie, yeah. <laughs> I think it's three syllables, not two. All right, we'll go Marie, yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds know, a little French though. She's Japanese. <laughs> She's Japanese. Maybe uh, We can't speak Japanese, mate. But she never tidies her room either. And that's the same reason, right? It's always tidy. Mm. There's no need to do cleaning. She tidies twice a year for about one hour each time and in her household and in my household right now, you just look around and every single item that you see, it's got some utility and value to you and you love it in some kind of way. So, we're going to look at the discarding part. So, the first part of the method is getting rid of all your stuff and discarding all the things that you don't need or want intensely and completely, she says.
0: You might think that you've tidied everything perfectly but within those couple of days, more and more stuff starts to creep in and get out of place and as time goes by, you actually collect more things and your room is probably worse than it once was. This is that rebound that we mentioned that is caused by this ineffective method of tidying halfway. The only way to completely tidy is to discard everything that you don't need or want anymore. Discard that first, as she says, intensely and completely.
1: And you can't think about putting anything away in your household until you haven't thought through the discarding process now i think she's the most famous for her selection criteria which has got a bit of a kind of spiritual kind of twinge in this cocktail she's got a question does it spark joy so what we're saying here is you need to pick your item up and look at it and have one moment with this item and just feel Mm. does this make me happy does it Do I enjoy this item? And say if you got a a T-shirt or something like that, some T-shirts you do get this feeling. It's a weird kind of intuitive kind of feeling and attachment you have to it. Or something you just pick up and you go, "Eh, I feel nothing. Mm. So all the things you're quite neutral towards, you need to get rid of in this discarding process.
0: Yeah, she hangs shit on other cleaning and tidying experts here. She says other people might say, discard anything you haven't used for a year or using some kind of non-emotional metric like that or maybe they'll say, if you don't know about something, put it in the box and if it lasts for six months and you don't need it, then chuck it out. But she's saying it's it's all about the joy. Does it spark joy or not? And I think an important reframe here is she's not saying don't think of what do you want to get rid of think of what do you want to keep Mm. if you're picking something up and saying do i want to get rid of this you're going to find any reason not to get rid of it if you can think of one use for it you're going to try and keep it whereas if you're thinking what do i really want to keep that's a very different question i think then it shifts to it has to be really really good in order for you to keep it
1: and we're talking about every single item in the house you can't just open your wardrobe and just have a quick glance and go oh yeah Oh, yeah, like 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 all that stuff. Like, the, No, you're taking everything out and you're putting it in your hand. Even your bookshelf, I had to get my bloody all, every single book on the ground. I've got, what, 400, 500 <laughs> books behind me here. Every single item on the ground and you get to do the same thing. Does it spark yep. joy?
0: Yeah, that's what she says. You go one category at a time. So, you start with clothes. Every single clothing item in the house has to be taken out and put on the floor. You know, it's, it's not like you're going through the drawers one by one and, and then you go through the closet and the hangers one by one. You're putting everything on the floor from every part of the house and that's when you can start and you do that one category completely. And then as you say, your books, you put all the books on the floor um, and do those one by one. Matt, I saw a funny... Uh, um, Instagram story that you put up when you were going through your method um, of a, a house covered with books on the floor and you picking them up and doing some tribal dances. How how was that uh, experience for you?
1: Yeah, it's kind of good. I might put, <laughs> I might put that video back yeah, up actually. I think put it back up. It was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> were you? Uh, were, is that what you are doing? You are picking it up, wondering if it sparked joy or not.
1: Well, it was pretty obvious to me, mate. All my books survived the cut.
0: <laughs> Every single book sparked joy. But I, I, I yeah, I put it out to just.
1: <laughs> A lot of uh, my girlfriend's Harry Potter type books and- They got chucks? No, actually, Harry Potter made it, but those type of category of books where it's just a whole bunch of stories and stuff, they didn't make the cut. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's something to distinguish. Like some people out there, you might be a photo person. You love photos and you're Mm. sitting here worried that you're going to throw out your photos. No, not the case at all. And this is the best part about it because you're throwing out all the crap you're kind of neutral towards. Mm. You're left with the things that you absolutely love. So, in my house- Huge bookshelf takes up a lot of the the bottom floor. Got my surfboard there, I like. Got my bike, got my skateboard, and these are the things I mm. enjoy. So when I walk in this room, there's oh, I love I love everything in this exactly. room, and and that's where the emotion comes from.
0: Yeah, as you say, because you've chosen, you haven't chosen what do you want to get rid of. You've chosen what do you want to keep, and the criteria of what do you want to keep is does it spark joy? It means that the only things you're left with is uh, is the things you love. So you're always surrounded. By only the things that you love, so it's a, it's a good position to be in.
1: She's got some advice here. Uh, don't let your family see what you're doing here. I think uh, this was one that was very hard for my girlfriend because she's got her uh, the, the the dresses she was wearing as a bridesmaid to her sister's mm. weddings and things like that. Like she's mm. never gonna wear again, and she knows it. Mm. And if the family was here, there's no way. Uh, and I don't think don't think the family knows. I know. Um, a sister really and a boyfriend. I think Ollie listens so she might, he might break spill it to the beans. A, spill the beans
0: a bit. <laughs> well, I know uh, she says one of the stories in the book was she was you know, coaching someone. They had this good session where they had uh, picked a bunch of stuff and she put in the garbage bags uh, and then the mum walked in and brought in tea for them and uh, Mario was worried about what was going to happen here. But, and, you know, it seemed fine. The mother started walking out. But just as she was about to step out the door, she glanced and saw in one of the garbage bags her old school uniform. And the mum said, what are you doing? You can't throw this out. It's such a, such a valuable uh, memento. You should be keeping this. You might want to show your kids one day. I think having your, your, your family around to see the stuff you're throwing out is just going to make it worse. This client, she'd already decided she doesn't need the school uniform anymore. It doesn't spark joy. She's going to chuck it out. Now, she has to make that decision again or she has to have the fight with the mum. It's probably easier to just just chuck it. Don't let anyone see what you're chucking.
1: Mm. I think this process, roller, everything you pick up and you might have that school uniform and or you might have your, your ex-partners present from six years ago or whatever and anything like that and when you pick it up, it really is a, a dialogue you're making mm. with your oneself and you're learning a lot about yourself and that's why at the start you said a lot of people are change profoundly and they make major life decisions after this. And it really is an opportunity to create a quiet space to evaluate all these things in your life. And it should just be you and these items. You can't just have music playing in the background or you can't have any other kind of noise or your podcast playing. It's purely an internal dialogue between you and all your stuff.
0: Every day that Marie gets home, she unlocks the door and announces to her house, I'm home. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with you, she says. Uh, (laughs) She she packs up her shoes. She puts them away. She knows exactly where the shoes are going to go. She knows exactly where her clothes are going to go. She unpacks her bag. She puts things away. She knows that the... The lipstick from a bag is going to go in the very specific spot. She knows her phone is going to live in a very specific spot. She knows her train pass is going to live in a very specific spot. So every day that she gets home, she's putting her things away exactly where they're supposed to be. And often she'll, she'll put the jacker on the, the hanger and say, thank you so much for keeping me warm today. Or she'll uh, put her bag and say, uh, thank you so much for carrying all my things around today. Go and have a nice rest. I'll see you again tomorrow. Are you doing this when you get home each day? <laughs>
1: Uh, I did it on the, on the first day. I, was getting, I, was getting, I, I tried to do the full method but I don't yeah. think the um, talking with your clothes, I don't think that's fully necessary. I think it's optional. I think that part's <laughs> optional. Like for me, it's a similar thing coming home. You put all, you know, when you know where every single item is in the house, you can pick it up, you put it there and you go back to perfection. Hmm. There's no way of going and failing from this if you just know where items go and you put them back and hmm. you don't have clutter lying around because you've gotten rid of it all.
0: I guess the other way is you You get home, you put your bag on the floor and think, I'll come and fix that later. You take off yeah. your jacket, throw it on the couch. You kick your shoes off and they end up in the corner of the room and then you, you, your socks end up halfway up the stairs and you think, oh, I'll come back and clean that later. But that's a, that's a path to failure.
1: Well, that's a pretty good example though, actually because some days there might be a few hours where I've had a couple of beers or something and <laughs> yep. watching TV and it's a Friday night and I'm, not, I'm just a little bit off the game and you wake up on the Saturday morning and there is a bit of that going on but when you do clean up again, you just go through it and you, you just pick it up without a thought, you know, oh, I know where that goes and you, you put your, your uh, podcasting microphone in this area or you put your socks here and you fold them back using the Comaria method and very quickly, you just go back to perfection.
0: Mm, nice. One one big one that stuck out to me here is saying that every day you've got to unpack your bag. So say you've got your work bag, you've got your laptop, you've got some pens, you've got a paper, you've got your train pass. I always thought, you know, this bag, it's the bag I take to work every day. So it's fine. I'll just leave my train pass in the bag. Then every day I'll have this bag and then I'll, I'll be fine because my train pass is always there and that works except for the one day where you don't need to take your bag or the, the one day where you go and get the train on the weekend and you're not taking your work bag, all of a sudden, you've, your, your train pass is not there or you've left your wallet somewhere. Uh, she's saying that you need to unpack every day the bag that you're using and put it back in its spot.
1: Okay. Up until this point, we've really looked at the high-level philosophy of what we're doing and discarding and, and, and whatnot. Right now, we're going through practical step-by-step how you might do it and I think you might need to actually buy the book if you want to go the step further than that. The one thing that's very important when we're going through this process is the category and order in which you do everything. So, you're going to do everything in this order of five for very good reason. So, first off, you're going to do all of your clothes in your house. That means your jacket, your shoes, your, your socks, everything. Second, all your books. Third is all the papers and all the envelopes you haven't got around to in a very long time. Four is kimono and this is all the miscellaneous stuff. You don't really have a good category for. It might be some salt lamp you bought from (laughs) Bunnings 12 months ago, quite literally the first thing I saw then.
0: Does that spark joy? It's still here. Yeah, sell does. It's very
1: very joyful. And number five is your sentimental items and fifth and last for very good reason because it's very hard to part ways with those things that you're so sentimentally attached to.
0: Yeah, and this order is very deliberate and very specific. If you started with number five, you're going to have almost nothing that you're going to chuck away uh, in that category. But if you start with the clothes, it's going to be pretty easy when you realize that here's this, this top that I wore... Uh, you know, I last wore it 18 months ago and it's got a hole in it and it doesn't really fit me anymore, that's a pretty easy one to chuck out. So she's sort of almost going here in an, in an order of uh, degrees of difficulty because you'll get on a bit of a roll. Once you see that you've done, you know, six bags of clothes gone and then you've got two bags of books that gone, it's going to be pretty easy and you realize, you know, what is truly sparking joy and which ones are not.
1: So if you look at the first category, clothing, and with this, you need to place every single item in the house of clothes on the floor, and mate, you're going to be very, very surprised mm. about how much clothes you've got. You, you will not believe it when it's all in the one spot. Yeah. Like you think if you ask yourself beforehand, like how many jackets you got? Oh you yeah, you got two or three. Yeah. Nah, you got like <laughs> you got five or six. You got twenty shirts. You got all these stuff you didn't. You got more stuff than you could ever possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, exactly. And by piling it all in one spot, I guess it just it's a visual representation of how much shit you've got there, and it it really brings home that okay, I, I probably can afford to get rid of some of this stuff here.
1: Absolutely. And when you start picking all these things, there's all these kinds of rationalizations why you might keep these neutral mm. things and especially with clothing, all of a sudden, everything just seems like loungewear, like your, <laughs> your Sunday loungewear that you pick up. You don't feel sentimentally attached to mm. it, but you just wear it around the house.
0: Yeah. She says it's pretty easy to downgrade everything to loungewear. You know, if uh, the old the old trackies that have worn out a little bit, oh, uh, oh, that doesn't spark joy but I'll keep it because then I can wear it around the house on a Sunday but she's saying no don't fall into the trap of downgrading the the dodgy stuff down to loungewear if you want loungewear get some proper loungewear everything else should get chucked
1: yeah on your Sunday when you're wearing stuff around the house you should feel good about yourself Mm. and wear the clothes that do bring joy okay so after with your clothes once you put a lot of it away and in the garbage or you're giving it to the salvos and you're donating it to charities and whatnot which we highly recommend there's a lot of (laughs) Recycle as much as you can for sure, right? What she has is the Konmari... That's all right. We'll go with that. (laughs) uh, Folding method. And it is quite a revolutionary way to re-put all your clothes back in in space. Now, I'll give you an example. So, with all your t-shirts, back in the day, you used to fold them and kind of stack them on top of each other. Mm. But what you're doing is you're wearing your clothes out much quicker because they're stacked on each other. And when you pull them out... Because they've had pressure on above and below, they're much more creased. Mm. What she has is this folding method where it, everything in your wardrobe
0: stands up. Mm. She says that you might think that the more folds you do, the more creases it's going to get. But she says that that's wrong. It's actually the creases come from the pressure of having you know, eight shirts stacked on top of it. The one at the bottom is going to be creased as, as all hell. So, she's saying that this way you're doing it, you're actually folding it more than you normally would. It's becoming like this little compact little rectangle and it can actually stand up. So, rather than being a pile of shirts, so you've got eight shirts stacked on top of each other, you can only see the top one. You have to sift through all of them in order to pick the one you want. Whereas this way, if you're standing them up and they're vertical, from a simple glance, you can see all eight shirts and you can pick the exact one you want.
1: That's right. And that's the best part because because they're all stood up and you've got them in drawers, you pull it out and you can see every single Mm. shirt you own and it's very easy to choose what you're going to wear that day. I mean, the old style, old method, you'd kind of have everything stuck up and the one on the top, you'd be more inclined to choose that one and you kind of don't
0: have that choice. Exactly, and the one at the bottom gets forgotten about. Well, it makes sense. Like Looking at a bookshelf, from a simple glance at the side of a book, you can see exactly what book it is, so you can pick it out. Imagine if you had the books stacked on top of each other. You wouldn't know what books were below. You'd have to sift through it. So it's basically taking that method and applying it to your clothes as well.
1: And the other best part about this folding method is it saves so much space. If you neatly fold your clothes in this way, it is very compact to to store where you need to store it. And uh, in, in her words, it's uh, also very caring and it's an expression mm. of love for your clothes when you do the folding and you and you do all that, which I kind of agree and it's a bit tough to admit as a, <laughs> as a bloke, but it is kind of true. You do give it an appreciation and, and you
0: know. Yeah, she, for sure. It. She says, you know, rubbing your hands over it Gives gives uh, yourself, you're getting a bit of energy from it, but it's also reminding the clothes how much you care for it, giving that a bit of a love back, giving, the, giving your items a bit of energy back. And what about the socks as well? She says that uh, sto- socks or stockings, most people you just fold the tops over into a ball or she says she's horrified whenever she sees stockings have got a, a knot tied in the middle of them. She's always worried about the, the items and how much energy they've lost at being you know, treated in such a harsh way.
1: Yeah, well, when you do that, you put so much tension and strain through the fabric when you put it away that it actually lessens the the life of the sock and you also get that loose ends mm. on the top of it where it just falls down kind of thing. Socks also is one of my favorite parts because it's equal in time investment into folding it but you're just folding it over each other and they're just lovely caressing the two pairs <laughs> of the <laughs> socks and they just sit nicely and again, they're all sitting up rather than just thrown away into the drawer so you can see every single sock you own in the one hit.
0: So, what's the difference? It's probably hard to uh, explain without the visuals but obviously, the the normal method or the, the wrong method is to fold them over the top so it's into a ball. What's the proper method? So, you put the two socks lying
1: on top of each other flat out and then you fold the toe part into where the heel would be and then you fold it again twice over. Mm. So, they really have the end product as a ball but they are standing up. Mm. So, that's a test. If you do the method properly, the sock or the t-shirt or the jacket or whatever you're doing, if it stands up by itself, then
0: you've achieved the method properly. Fantastic. Okay. So, that was the clothing section. What about the book section? You mentioned you didn't chuck out any books. That's good.
1: Yeah. This is one of the things that people see hardest to let go. But I think for most people out there, right, they're quite neutral in their books. You just kind of accumulate them over your lifetime and you are neutral to them. I think for me and
0: you would got more of an attachment with our book so it's a different yeah, category for us yeah de- yeah definitely that's probably shifting into category five the mementos
1: but it's the same thing you get it all out on the ground every single one you pick up and you ask mm. the question does it spark joy if it does, you put it back and uh, in categories again, you see mine, I've got my mm. business, personal finance, personal development, spiritual relationships and you know, categorizing in yeah. those kind of ways. Yeah, nice. Uh, and it's
0: an, it's an interesting one. She says, you know, most people do feel attached to the books but if you're thinking about it, if you've read the book, are you going to read it ever again? Um, is a, is a big question you need to ask. And also, if you haven't read it, what's the chances that you actually are going to read it, or is it just something you bought five years ago and you're you're thinking about reading one day, but you, in all honesty, you're probably never going to get there. Man, I saw an interesting thing. Not in this book. I honestly don't remember what it was. It was probably on Twitter or something where somebody said, "Don't give away the business books you don't want to read," or "Don't give away the shit business books." Whereas for me, if I if I read a shit a shit book and thought, ah. Oh, I don't really want to keep this. I'd also I'd feel bad about chucking it. I feel like I'd want to give it away. But they're saying if it was a waste of time for you, don't put that burden on someone else to waste their Shh. time as well. If it's a shit book, just just chuck it in the bin. a yeah, bit, bit harsh, but bit harsh, not bad advice. <laughs> I,
1: I like. Uh, I don't think it's harsh on the the next category, which is sorting your, your papers. And she's mm. quite ruthless on this. I think everyone's like accumulated those that mail that you haven't really mm. gotten to, and the paper stuff that line around. You never got rid of it. The best way and strategy for this is just be ultra, ultra ruthless. If you think about it, that pile of paper has been sitting there for three or four months and mm. you haven't got extra uh, the IRS and the bill collectors <laughs> knocking, knocking on your door, you probably just throw it. Well, I just threw it all out yeah. and I start think, it fresh.
0: I think it's a good move just ignorance as well if it ever comes that they come knocking on your door but you probably think oh you know i need to keep that receipt i might need to return it one day i think oh that driver's license renewal i haven't paid it yet just pay it and chuck it yeah so much better than having it sitting just out in the open for months on end
1: that's it and in the future you got one spot for all your papers you put it there and then you deal with it and you throw it out and then you, you, your problems with papers you've always had not anymore
0: the category she calls the komono the miscellaneous items often there's stuff that you think I might need this one day, so I'm going to keep it. That's the wrong method. She says, if it doesn't spark joy, chuck it, discard it, and then if – it happens that one day you actually do need it. It's actually cheaper to go and buy a new thing rather than mm. having that thing sitting there. Cheaper in the sense that, you know, ultimately you're paying storage by having it in your house but also the the emotional toll of having something sitting in your house that doesn't spark joy.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's lot, all those just because items, things like hairpins, lucky charms, your leftover medicine from two years ago <laughs> yep. uh, and loose change as well. Like I, uh, I got all my silver coins together. It was a pretty nice. good bunch. I put the, kept the gold coins. <laughs> But the silver ones I'm never going to do, and I was, I was about to throw them in the bin. I'm like, oh, fuck. but then I thought, no, hang on, let's go to it, let's go outside. And we went to that um homeless, oh, homeless okay, guy's yeah. on the street, and there's so four, many coins like five, ten, fifteen, <laughs> oh, not 20 twenty cent <laughs> coins. And uh, it was his, it was his, made his day. So that's yeah. my new strategy. I got Ooh. one spot for all the silver coins, and when it banks up, nice, go out and find a homeless person.
0: Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, another funny one is those uh, electric cables as well you might you, you see a cable you can't think what is this for but you know maybe one day i'll find the item i need it for and i'll know exactly where that charger is but again that's a waste if you find something you need a charger for it's just better to keep the charger rather than having 300 different wires sticking out that you don't actually know what they're for
1: yeah get rid of them all betting for the guest that never comes yeah. we had one of those get rid of that as well <laughs> otherwise you just stuck around with blankets, pillows, spare sheets all these things that just add up and just create more clutter another thing you need to get rid of is products from the latest health craze Asher I think you've fell for this one before you had a lot of uh, you fell into a few network marketing <laughs> traps in the past and had a few thousand dollars built yeah. up of uh, all the <laughs> subs.
0: yeah you gotta chuck those if you're not gonna have them go gotta chuck them it's a sunk cost. <laughs> you yeah. Get rid of them. And then we move on to the final category, those sentimental items. As we said, they're the toughest to get rid of because you feel some kind of attachment from them. But by this point, you will be happy. It's so much stuff you've chucked out. You need to be pretty ruthless in what to throw out here. And she says, don't fall for the biggest trap, which is just sending it to your parents' house. Mm-hmm. Think, oh, I don't really need this right now. It's getting in the way in my house. I'll send it to mum and dad's place so they can look after it for me. That's a trap. You got to decide, do you want it or not?
1: a lot of the sentimental items have this emotional attachment because of our clinging to things in the past mm. and this is the most difficult part because it can get quite emotional when you're throwing things out that you've you've hung on to for so long but if you really think about it, we're just living in the present the whole time and if something served you in the past, you really need to let it go, thank that item or thank whatever it was for doing what it did for you when you needed it but you know mm-hmm. deep down in the future and in the present, You're not going to have a place for it. So obviously there are some things you're just going to hang on to forever but a lot of it through this method you're probably going to get rid of.
0: So, as a really quick summary of the method, she mentions this, the secret to tidying here is start by discarding, then organize your space thoroughly, completely in one go. So, you're going category by category, starting with clothes, get all the clothes from your house, chuck them on the floor, go through each one, one by one. Does this spark joy or not? If it doesn't, throw it out. And then at the end, once you've only got the things that you love, put a specific spot for them so you know exactly where everything goes.
1: Really important to reiterate that you need to do everything, every single category, once in one moment of perfection. I know a few people who claim they've done this method, and in my brain, <laughs> look know at the
0: house, you could tell.
1: Oh, well, well, they've done it for their clothes or something, for yeah. one item. And, and if it. you don't reach that point of perfection, uh, then you haven't really fulfilled this method. And isn't is something going to carry with you forever? If you think back to your own school days when you were younger and the things that you really enjoyed doing, it might have been you were responsible for feeding the pets or you might have liked drawing pictures, some people might have liked reading books, the chances are that it is related in some way to what you were doing. At their core, the things we really like doing don't change over time and what we do when we put our house in order, it's a great way to discover who we are as a human being
0: One of her clients was a good friend since college where they met and she originally worked for this major IT company when she graduated but then she actually discovered what she really likes when she was going through this process of tidying. When her house was finally put in order from all of that mess, she looked at the bookcase and now it only contained a couple of those books that really captivated her. So, by getting rid of the ones that didn't spark joy, she was... pleasantly surprised to find that the books that remained were all in this one specific category. And it was interesting to see that she'd bought all of these books to hone her computer skills. Those books were all gone. Uh, So all of those books that she'd bought because she thought she needed them to help her with her job, all those books on computer skills and honing her programming—none of those sparked joy. They all got chucked in the bin. And the ones that were left were actually ones around social welfare and learning about people and empathy. So it was—it was interesting that it really opened her eyes to say that maybe you know I've been following this path down IT, but maybe that's not what really sparks joy in my life.
1: Yeah, it's interesting when you got all this clutter lying around, you don't have that much clarity of mind. And when you mm. get rid of the clutter in your house or your workspace or whatever, things just come clearer in your mind about what you enjoy. So Marie Kondo hears the words all the time, when I put my house in order, I discovered what I really wanted to do. Although one way you could sit down and you can meditate about Hmm. the things that you think you you really want to do but tidying is actually one of the best approaches to find out who you are.
0: Yeah, she says that for the majority of people, they actually become more passionate about their work because they realize that it is what they want to do and now they're sort of freed in some respects to be able to invest more fully into what they love but for a a small group of people, it actually opens their eyes that they need a complete change. So,
1: being just left with the things that spark joy and the things you love have a huge difference and obviously, when you're doing that, you're throwing out so much stuff. She reckons the Record number of garbage bags she got to was like 200. That's a lot of shit, right? And the average is closer to 30, uh, 45 liter bags. And despite the the drastic reduction in belongings that everybody has, nobody ever really complains about what they've gotten rid of. And you know, I'll put my hand up and say the same thing. As I said at the start, for me it was it's hard to remember exactly how many bags. I wish I kind of documented Mm -hmm. this much more than I did, but it would have been 45. Uh, I got Air Tasker two times, someone to come around with (laughs) the full trailer load and also a full ute load on top of that of just just the stuff. So by doing this, you're going to get to a point where you've got clarity of mind that you probably haven't experienced in your life, you're going to be left with the things that you cherish and enjoy and really not many other things is going to bring you to a natural state of happiness as having your everyday life in this state.
0: At the end of every month, we send out an email which is a recap of the month just gone where we give a bit of our brutal feedback, a bit of brutal honesty. We give the books a rating out of 10 where you can see what Adam Ashton thought of the book and you can see what Adam Jones thought of the book and we also give you a teaser as to the four or five books that are coming up next. So if you want to be one of the first to know which episodes are coming up next, sign up to the email list where at the end of each month you'll get a recap email, head to com slash email.